0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at choosewood.com.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio.
2: I'm Elaine Cha.
3: I listened to it
4: and said, no, it's perfect. I think I'm just kind of wired that way. It is my job to give them that hope. It's
3: kind of amazing that, that no one from the hospital led me to any of those um, resources. But they may step up, and they may step up out of nowhere.
0: We're gonna have a party when you finish chemo, a party when you finish radiation, and we're gonna get through this one day at a time together. You got it? Got it. Now, let me kiss your bald spot. Oh, so many to choose from.
1: <laughs> when you're a musician, you make music. And when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Well, the Grammy-winning duo Kathy Fink and Marcy Marxer certainly know music. As for lemons, and that's mostly not a euphemism, they got what inspired this.
3: Let me tell you about my history with boobs.
1: Have been a recurring theme in my life. That's Marcy Marxer in All Wigged Out, a comedic musical she created with her art and life partner, Kathy Fink. It's a touching piece of art imitating life that tells their breast cancer story as breast cancer patient and carer and supporter respectively. Marcy and Kathy are visiting St. Louis later this month for a free community showing of All Wigged Out at the High Point Theatre, as well as a concert at Epiphany UCC. And they join us today to talk about what carried them through from diagnosis to treatment to musical. <laughs> Welcome to hey, you both. Kathy's,
3: Kathy's nearby. Say hi, Kathy. Hey, everybody.
1: <laughs> also joining us is Dr. Jovita Oruwari. Dr. Oruwari is a breast surgeon and director of community breast health at SSM Health DePaul Hospital. She'll be sharing the panel stage with Marcy and Kathy at the discussion after the All Wigged Out screening at High Point Theatre on October 20th. Dr. Oruwari, welcome to you as well. Thank you. Thank you all for being on St. Louis on the Air. Now let's start with the movie, uh, the musical, All Wigged Out. Marcy and Kathy why did you decide to make this, and for whom did you
3: make it? We made this for everyone. We decided to make this film for many reasons. One is um, to reach out to the community of people who are ex- experiencing or have a loved one or friend with cancer. Um, it's actually, I, I feel like i have the longer I've been a patient, The better patient i am Mm -hmm. i had no experience going into this as a patient and i think that if people see this film they'll have some humor they'll have some ways of dealing that they might not go into into a cancer with or any other illness especially difficult Mm -hmm. illness so i really feel like this could be someone's first experience to break the ice to understand better talking with their doctor, to feel a little more freedom in their own lives, to feel like they're in charge of some things, and, and to avoid feeling like a victim. So this gives this film gives people a, a little bit of a toolbox um, in life, mm-hmm. any hard situation.
1: And why was it that you chose comedy? I mean, was it partly what you saw missing from what was out there, um, is it just a reflection of what your your sensibilities are as a, a couple and as individuals too?
3: Well, first off, I thought a lot of the things that happened were funny, and there are some great films and television shows about cancer. Trish, uh, I mean, sorry, *Tignataro* is one that mm. is hilarious in a totally, totally different way. But I'm going to pass you to Kathy so uh, she can speak on this subject. Yeah. I think
2: that one of the important things for us was we didn't want to make a film that's a downer. Nobody needs a downer in today's messed up world. But we did want to make something that had enough comedy to feel lighthearted, but enough information to actually help people, Mm -hmm. help patients, help caregivers, help doctors and medical professionals through the communication um, that you need to do. And um, and so many funny things really did happen. And I've personally just been through exactly what Marcy went through. I came out the other end three weeks ago. Wow. And, um, so And it's interesting that because having been the caregiver for Marcy, having made the film and dug into the comedy, I was able to stay as positive and lighthearted as you could expect from a patient. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I had patient power. I had knowledge that I wouldn't have had if Marcy hadn't gone through this. And I was able to use that patient power to advocate the things that I needed. And one of the things we want to do with this film is give people permission and... Information on how to advocate for themselves or how to advocate for their loved ones.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As well, Marcy said, we don't have to be victims. It, this is our body. Right. Let's take charge. Let's let's find out what's going on.
1: Well, congratulations to both of you for having come out. As you said, uh, Kathy, the the other side, Doctor Orowari, you know, like a, a framing and approach um, conversation. I think is really useful here, and sort of talking about the difference or the similarities, in fact, between treating and caring for breast cancer patients and those who support them. What are some of the things that are different um, when you are approaching someone who is going to be supporting uh, a person who has been diagnosed with breast cancer?
4: Um, You know, I I think I approach both individuals uh, pretty much the same. I think the most important thing that um, people experiencing uh, breast cancer and the people caring for them want to know is, am I going to die? And it is my job to give them that hope because as long as there is hope, then there are still so many possibilities. So once we start from that framework of, uh, yes, you're going to be okay, there is hope, then people listen (laughs) to Mm -hmm. everything else you have to say. Otherwise, the conversation ends right there, you know. So I always want to start at a point of there is hope.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the role of loved ones and community from the clinical perspective. The musical All wigged Out begins with music, of course, but the first spoken lines actually come, Kathy, uh, from you, even though Marcy is the partner who has breast cancer.
0: I was the court jester, the waitress, the cook, the errand runner, the house cleaner, the snuggler, <laughs> the organizer, the chauffeur and the hand holder. I never resented a minute of it, and I never once felt it was a burden. I watched her keep a sense of humor, deny pity parties, and simply do what she needed to do to get through six months of terrible, five and a half years of not so great, and all of it with that adorable smile.
1: And that was Kathy Fink opening up All wigged out musical. Dr. Oruwari, to what extent do partners or family members understand their role in supporting a breast cancer patient?
4: I think every individual is definitely different, but uh, a lot of the support people that I've had the honor of knowing truly understand their role, um, and their role is pretty much. Every single one of those things that Kathy mentioned uh, mm-hmm. in the film, they're the snugglers, the handholders, the errand runners, the cook, chef, uh, driver, um, everything. And um, that role is so important. And I want to note also that there are many women who don't have that. Mm-hmm. And outcomes are so much different. Of them than people who do have that, so that support means uh, so much
1: mm-hmm. and so how is it that you prepare partners you know family members or loved ones for what they can expect to provide doctor and then you know for those who maybe don't have that kind of support what is it that you um, what is it that you tell them
4: well uh There's really no way to prepare anyone for this. A lot of this is just one of those things you have to live through to understand because uh, no matter how much you tell someone that, you know, you're going to need X number of treatments and you're going to need this, this, that, it's really something that has to be, unfortunately, experienced um, Mm -hmm. to understand. And some people take it very uh, wittingly, every step of it. For people who don't have that, we try our best to provide them with some of that support. You know, we provide transportation to treatments. Um, We provide uh, social services um, where they can have uh, therapy somebody to talk to them about things. Um, There are organizations that would drop food off at your house.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: So... um, You know, we're lucky in St. Louis that we have so many not-for-profit organizations that are just so willing to um, rise up to the challenge and do a lot of the things that uh, people need that don't have the support uh, that's important.
1: Right. And how is it that non-family support plays a a different kind of role or or perhaps a distinct role in these situations, um, especially for those who are providing care or support?
4: Um, you mean non-family non-family care? Yeah,
1: non-family yeah, care. I
4: mean, uh, I mean that's, uh, non-family care is amazing because you're caring for someone who's not your family member. So you're doing something that you don't necessarily have to do. You're doing it because you want to. You want to do it. You want to give back. And um, that's truly amazing. Mm-hmm. And
1: how does that help the the family members themselves? Because you know, as we had said, the the musical actually opens with with Kathy speaking, although it is Marcy who is the one, um, at least through the journey of the of the musical, who has yeah. the diagnosis.
4: Well, it does. Um, I think it does help the family members to see that there are ways in which they can step up to help. Um, It also helps the family members to know that there's non-family support because, you know, you can't always leave work to come help or Mm -hmm. to take them to treatment, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Some people have to work for a living, have to uh, make their day-to-day wages. So they're not always available. So uh, having that non-family support is just as important. So they say sometimes it takes a village, and it truly does.
1: Right. We're going to up with this uh, village after we take a very quick break, but we will be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Now, before the break, we were talking about the function of the, the village, and we also were discussing the support that serves both the patient diagnosed with and being treated for breast cancer and for the carer who supports the patient. Now, there is a song in All Wigged Out that probably should be required listening for everyone, regardless of health circumstance. It's got a message, melody, and lyrics that speak to what's not helpful and it's funny and face palmy at the same time. Let's have a listen.
5: A lot of us have good ideas The simple and profound Here's a word of caution Before spreading them around Unsolicited advice Some folks say it isn't nice so i better think twice no unsolicited advice life can use a little spice like adding flavor to life's rice but i'm just rolling the dice with unsolicited advice
1: So that was the first part of the song, Unsolicited Advice, from the 2023 musical All Waked Out by our guests, Marcy Markser and Kathy Fink. So Marcy, was that song inspired by a very specific bit of unsolicited advice that you received that wasn't at all helpful, but in retrospect was ridiculous and, and funny? You know, I didn't
3: write that song. That's one of two songs I didn't write, but I have to say <laughs> it's a favorite Okay. Because I got so much unsolicited advice. It was amazing. Um, One of them, which happened over and over, was, well, stay positive, and then they walk away. (laughs) And I would think, well, I am positive. That's the problem. Right. But I I couldn't believe how many people gave me unsolicited advice. And after, at first, it scared me. The first one um, was really awful. Um, don't do chemo, it's rat poison, someone said to me. And I I just couldn't believe it that they would say that. Um, But um, by the third comment, I started thinking they were funny, and I started keeping a list. Um, That list ended up being published in the New York Times as part of an article by uh, New York Times uh, best-selling author Deborah Tannen. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, So, I mean, Everybody can relate to that, I think. In fact, people would come up and say, "Well, take antioxidants." Well, you can't take antioxidants when you're in chemo because that'll that could wow. impede the chemo.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: you really don't want that. Or have you been eating hot dogs? Or have you been eat? Uh, you should eat blueberries. Well, you know, blueberries are good, but hot dogs <laughs> is not what gave me cancer because I hadn't had one in like ten years. Okay.
2: <laughs> and it was um, funny how we came across the song because we were doing a reading of the stage version of All Wigged Out in Toronto. We've got a lot of friends in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the reading, one of our friends came up and he said, you know that scene where you talk about things people tell you that you don't need to hear? He he said, I have the perfect song for that and it's yours. And we want to thank our friend Ken Whiteley for that because it's maybe one of the most popular songs in the whole show. Even if cancer isn't in your life, you've gotten some unsolicited advice And you're going to be walking around singing that
1: song. Yeah, definitely. So that was kind of sort of an unsolicited bit of advice that ended up being very useful.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And Ken said, actually, you can take this song and change it if you want to. Make it fit what you're doing. And I listened to it and said, no, it's perfect. It's perfect just the way it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, interaction with medical professionals, you know, um, Kathy was noting uh, what she was going to do in that audio clip that we played earlier. What was making uh, or what made vigilance in that way, Kathy, so necessary?
2: Vigilance. I think you want to make sure you don't miss dotting every I and crossing every T. You are watching your loved one or your friend like a hawk and it's your job in that position to make sure that everything good that can happen happens and everything bad that can be avoided is avoided. And when bad things have to happen, that you find a way to get through it together and move on from it. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just kind of wired that way, uh, which was lucky in this situation, but I also think it's something that can be acquired if need be.
0: hmm
1: And was part of that acquisition, I mean, as far as your observation or experience was, did that involve people who are part of a a village or sort of a breast cancer community? And what was it that they provided for you, Kathy, as the supporter?
2: Well, we have been through this multiple times in the past, supporting friends, going back as much as 35 years, being on the support team of friends, going through cancer. Um, Sadly, we inherited two fabulous goddaughters that way. And so I feel like we already went into this understanding that you understand as much as you can about the task ahead, but you also understand that there are going to be curveballs, or you're going to learn how to roll with it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think those experiences going back 35 years and so many other times Um, was very, very helpful to us. We assimilated that information, we used it, and we certainly leaned on friends when we needed to. I'm a huge fan of the cancer support communities, and we were in a lucky position where we sort of had a built-in community, but there are cancer support communities whose basic, you know, motto is no one should go through cancer alone, and that is true, Mm -hmm. and so that's where you get to lean on some of the support services that the hospitals offer that your surgeons tell you about. And you don't want to go through this alone if you don't have to. Really? And most
3: people don't have to. And, speaking and I of- would add to that, if people offer you help, take it. It feels so odd to say, yes, I need help sometimes. Mm. But having someone near, like the good doctor was talking about, Having uh, people come in who are not in the family, well, there may be friends in your sphere who are not really in your family, but they may step up. And they may step up out of nowhere, it seems, but they may be just the right personality to help you. And it, for me personally, I couldn't tell when some things were going wrong because there were so many things happening at once,
0: mm-hmm. but
3: Kathy noticed and so if you have a friend who's willing to help and you can make a list of things like, yes, please put a fitted sheet on my bed. I can't do it. Uh, or, you know, people often bring food and and uh, sometimes people would bring spicy food, which I couldn't eat, but visitors could eat it. And it was great to have it around. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, I really am am happy to hear from the doctor and I look forward to seeing her in person.
1: Yeah. And again speaking of the the surgeon and the doctor, you something that you mentioned earlier, Dr. Orwari, Um, and that Kathy and Marcy have brought up here, not everyone has the benefit of having support. And not all communities are affected the same way by breast cancer. Along what lines do disparities in occurrence and outcomes run that you see in your work at SSM?
4: Ooh, that's a that's an important question and something that um we've just been discussing so much uh this october and always of course but um yes yeah, there's a lot of disparities in uh breast cancer uh, um as you may or may not be aware of the incidence of breast cancer is the same in uh all women uh regardless of race but uh, african american women are forty percent more likely to die from the disease and um Younger African-American women are also more likely to get the disease and at higher stages and grades. So um, we make a concerted effort to be out in the community educating women about breast cancer and uh, really trying to bring awareness so that um, these women uh, that are the most vulnerable can be um Guess also active participants in their health as far as coming in for early screening and uh, getting diagnosed early mm-hmm. when it's treatable and curable.
1: Right. And I'm aware of a, an event that happens, I think, every year here called
4: Sister Strut. Um, yes. That was just last Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yes, are there. And-
1: yes, go ahead.
4: No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, that it's an amazing, um, Sister Struts, an amazing event that happens and it just really gathers the African-American community around breast cancer and it's young women, older women, women who have breast cancer, women who don't have breast cancer and all of their family support. It's like a family day. Um, It's really like the Coleman work, but um, just for African-American women, but mm-hmm. of other people can participate. And it's just been growing um, every year since I've been in St. Louis, and um, it's a great way to raise awareness of the disease. So
1: you had spoken earlier, Doctor, about some of the, the supports that people can find. Can you name just a few resources that are available locally to improve diagnosis, treatment, and outcomes?
4: Um, Some of the organizations that we work with, besides just coming into the local hospital and seeing someone like me, um, we have uh, organizations like um, Gateway to Hope, organizations like Fate Through Fire, um, The Leaders Hope, Breakfast Club. These are all organizations that um, not only work with women who have breast cancer, but also can help to empower Mm. pre-diagnosis. And then as far as as just uh, getting screening for women who cannot afford to be uh, screened because they can't afford mammography or don't have insurance, et cetera, there are uh, ways that we can help pay for it. There are actually funds that are set aside by the state that we can tap into to help those women to get mammography or whatever screening and treatment that they need. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely resources available.
1: And, Doctor, what does a, a musical comedy like All With Doubt add to your medicine bag or to your medicine chest?
4: Well, you know, it's just more ways of getting awareness out to women out there about the disease um, I love that they do it in a different way through music and through comedy. Um, I don't think I've seen it done that way before, and I'm excited to, um, to watch a musical on the 20th. Um, but I think it's, it's a good way, again, to get the word out because it's really all about getting the information out, getting the awareness out, and this is going to help with that and everybody absorbs information in a different way and the ways that we normally do it through giving lectures etc may not work for some and a musical may work for them so it's definitely going to add to my um arsenal mm-hmm. to help empower patients
1: and just as we wrap here Marcy and Kathy what has been most fulfilling about traveling around the country to show and talk about All Wigged Out. And Kathy, for you, especially as you're wrapping up treatment, um, has has that given you some strength along the way?
2: Well, I you know, I have been living in this little world I call the irony and the ecstasy, because the first day of promotion of All Wigged Out and our um, premiere in Maryland where we live happened on the day that I I got my entire treatment plan, how much chemo, how much radiation, what the surgery was going to be, the whole deal. And it was sort of, you know, it was sort of like being hit by a train from two different sides. and we still showed up and mm-hmm. we screened the film. We had a great Q&A with fabulous people and a lot of love in the room. And I feel like um, we, we know that we're lucky because we do have health care and we had good care but we really care about making sure that other people get those mammograms, get that early detection, follow through, and I know there's a lot of fear attached to it. So what part of what what we get out of this is the satisfaction of hoping that we are helping people people take care of themselves
0: mm-hmm.
2: and take care of their health. And we've also been really gratified by people telling us what the film means to them. Mm-hmm. That's important. For me, as a caregiver, and then I'm going to hand it over to Marcy, that when we made the film in front of a live audience, there, were, there was a sweet couple sitting in the front row, and they were holding each other's hands and crying from time to time and laughing a lot. And afterwards, the man looked at Marcy and, sa- and looked at his wife and pointed to her and said,
3: I'm
0: her, Kathy,
2: mm.
3: And that's like the biggest compliment I could get. Yeah. Here's Marcy. <laughs> I think one of the most rewarding things that has happened in my life around this film is the knowledge that there are so many resources for cancer patients. Just hearing that people in St. Louis can get a mammogram if they don't have insurance, that there are ways to, to work around that. And just a thought of of insurance can scare so many people away from even going to the doctor in the first place, mm-hmm. but I went through my whole cancer experience without knowing there were services in my area. I didn't find out about it until after we made the film and it's It's kind of amazing that that no one from the hospital led me to any of those um resources. Not that it was their job to, but it seems like it might come up in conversation. Sure. Um, Since we knew we weren't going to be working for several months. And um, I I just love getting the word out that there are services in in areas. I'm so proud of St. Louis for having these things available. And I can't wait to come there and learn more about it.
1: There'll be plenty of people who are... Looking forward to meeting you and seeing you all. Marcy Markser and Kathy Fink are a Grammy-winning duo, life partners and creators of the comedic musical All Lived Out. Dr. Jovita Oruwari is a breast surgeon and community breast health director with SSM Health, DePaul Hospital. Dr. Oruwari, Kathy, and Marcy, thank you so much for talking with us today.
4: Thank you for having me. What a pleasure.
1: This episode was produced by Elaine Cha. Our audio engineer is Aaron
4: Doris. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron.
5: Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer.
0: St. Louis On the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis On the Air
5: proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group.